Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American-made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. I also want to remind everybody that we have the links in the show description you can click on from your podcasting app. And if you use those links and purchase any of the books or stuff that we link to, we might make two cents and we'll be able to pay for our bottled water that we're going to drink during this podcast. Now let's get on with the show. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about... Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right. Back with episode five of Squared Away. What are we up to this week, Martin? We are up to taking a deep dive into self-reflection or like the evolving in self-awareness. So let's get started. All right. You're going to have to, you're going to have to take over the lead on this one because I understand self-reflection and self-awareness, but I don't know that I am versed enough to get into the, get into the, the, the working inner workings of it. All right. Well, let's start at a baseline here. Baseline is the Wikipedia definition of a uh, self-reflection. And self-reflection is a meditation or serious thought about one's character, actions, and motives. It's pretty brief. Um, if I evolve that to what you know, I've learned over the past years and in, in my training, uh, self-awareness is the word that we use. I know self-reflection is kind of a nice term. When we think of it, we think of the the yoga, the the hippies on the mountains, you know, just reflecting on stuff. Self-awareness is to me like situational awareness where there's a process of action involved. You're actually doing something. So really coming down to like, it's knowing oneself, knowing thyself, knowing what drives, what inspires, what motivates, knowing your quirks, knowing, knowing everything that you can. I mean, we all, we all evolve so quickly that I guess knowing changes a lot, but that's basically what we're talking about here is kind of knowing who you are. And getting, getting squared away is to be able to get to a point where you're truly self-aware. I think uh, you and I could probably rattle off a list of people that think they're self-aware. And you can tell uh, those are the people we usually refer to as well. They, they think they're a little out of their, you know, their environment or they think they're a little better than what they really are. Um, that, that's not true self-awareness. That's what they tend to condition their mind to think who they are. Um, I think you have to get to a point of humility. Yeah. I was just going to baseline. I was just going to bring up humble. Like, I feel like if you're self-aware, you're humble, no matter how successful you're humble. Yeah. You you have to deny yourself and get to a point where, uh, it's like, uh, I'll refer to a couple books, you know, the way of the seal by Mark divine. And if you look at, uh, um, Rourke Denver, he's a guy that we were going to do a conference um, I was, I'm on a board and he was going to speak last March before COVID hit and it got canceled. Um, but both of them are former SEALs. Uh, they train a lot on leadership and it just talks about, uh, 
or they both refer to self-awareness or getting to that point where it, it's like in training where you get stripped down. I know the Green Berets do it. The uh, Delta Force guys do it too, is you have to take every newbie in there and you have to strip them down to nothing. You know, there's no status. There's, there's nothing that makes you better than anyone else in there. And when you get to that point, that humble point, that's when you can start begin rebuilding who you really are. And uh, that's where you start building what is your true mental toughness. Um, greater self-awareness helps us uh, keep away from making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, and it really helps us get aligned to making forward momentum and find out who we really are. And the three questions I know Mark always brought up is, uh, is one, you know, what have you been conditioned to think you're supposed to do with your life? I mean, we live in a world where it's just noise all the time. You got, you got TV, uh, you have some books, you have relatives, parents that think and try to propagate in your mind for years. Okay, this is what you're supposed to do, Paul. I mean, when you're growing up, I mean, what do you think? What were you influenced? So, as to what you want to be? My, I actually lucked out. My family was very open to me kind of chasing what interested me. I didn't have the, I didn't have the doctor dad that pushed me to be a doctor or the, you know, insert any specific, you know, thing that a parent pushes their kids to be. Um, but I come from a self-employed family and I think I do have that conditioning in me to drive to be eventually fully self-employed even just for the sake of being self-employed, not necessarily to the most pragmatic or beneficial outcome for me or my family. Like, yes, self-employment is great, but is it any better than being paid to do a job from somebody else? Well, sometimes yes and sometimes no. And I think that my mind has definitely opened up to that over the last few years that it isn't the self-employment versus be being employed by someone else it is going to be on a situational basis and some jobs are going to be better than being self-employed and a lot of self-employed opportunities are going to be better than working for someone else. But each situation is going to be different. I would rather have my job than I have right now than own a bar that I have to be at from open to close five, six days a week. And I just bring up a bar because that's, that's the business I'm in. But I think that I think that that my eyes have opened up to that a lot. And I think I was conditioned not on purpose, not that anybody, you know, anybody came out and said that you need to be self-employed. But I think that as we are around things, that's what we become used to. And that's what we strive to, to, I don't want to say copy, but kind of mimic, you know what I mean? Right. Right. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you're in a pretty good situation. Um, you know, I think you're at a point where you could probably say, well, you know, what do you think or what do you feel you're really supposed to do with your life? I think you're in a position where you can answer that now, right? I think that it'll change. I think that as as I get in different situations, I think that as my kids get older and I need to be less... Um, responsible is not the right word, but I need to be less of a provider. <laughs> then you can start to take some more risks and do some more things that maybe you wouldn't do when your kids are, you know, six and 10 and you need to make sure that you have, you know, fully funded healthcare and you're not going to be worried about paying the bills. And I mean, I think that as your life changes, your situation and what you're striving to do changes. But I think that being successful at whatever I do, is is the overarching that's kind of the that's the die that dies whatever bucket i put my hat into you know right i agree um <clears throat> i think it, if somebody has a lack of clarity lack of self-awareness it, it makes it easy for them to start just chasing goals yeah um and you can see that and i mean just just people that we know you know you start chasing material things thinking that's gonna you know solve that issue start chasing relationships you name it, you know, jobs, you know, corporate Wall Street, everything that you think or are conditioned to be, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Or some people, there's their parents may not even condition them and do anything other than say, well, you're just 
every day is just going to be trading, you know, trading days for dollars. Yeah. And then or, they end up sitting know, in the bar Fridays, Saturdays, and that's their whole life. Yeah. They're working for the weekend. And, and I have a conundrum with that whole, that whole point too, because if we, let's say this podcast became the biggest thing in the whole world and everybody listened to it and everybody becomes motivated to become a, a doer, you know, a, a get shit done doer then those cogs and those wheels that keep a lot of these businesses going day to day are going to fucking fall apart. You know what I mean? Like, so I, 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 there's nothing. Everybody has. So that's the thing. That's where I'm at is like, I need to, I need to come to grips with the fact that there is nothing wrong with any of those levels. As long as you are performing to a level where you go home and you feel like you've earned your dollar. Because I think that that's where the issue comes with, with welfare programs, with social welfare programs, with handouts. I think that that is one of the most destructive things that comes with that is you don't respect the, the time and the effort that you've put in. And then you end up, whether you know it or not, you end up damaged psychologically because you don't feel like you've earned anything. And I also have this really odd theory that that's part of the reason that Hollywood elites lean left or are super left is because they really, most of them, don't get me wrong, some of them, you know, some of them are are amazing hard workers, but most of them have kind of fallen into where they're at. You'll take, take, there's oh, comedians, yeah. there's there's successful people that go and act. I mean, you know, uh, rappers that go act and they're like, yeah, acting's like not hard, you know? And so- Says Bill Burr, right? Yeah, right? Bill Burr, great, great example. So I think that that, I think, I have a theory that that's why the Hollywood elites lean left is because they have gotten this outrageous amount of money, excuse me, for not really putting in that much effort. So then they have- a back ass words, moral compass and a messed up psychology for success. And they feel guilty for it. And that's why they end up going the other way. Right. And they can't relate. They can't relate at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to where you're talking about cogs. Yeah. And you know, cogs is not a negative term. I know it's a, um, I have a real close friend. I was his best man. He lives uh, not far from here. And, you know, he's been at the same job since he graduated college and uh, and he's satisfied. He's happy. He's in the same home that he had right prior to getting married. You know, he's got uh, two awesome kids, you know, a great wife. And he's he's satisfied. He and gets his he gets his accomplishment from his life, not his career. Yeah. And, and very- that's healthy. I honestly think that that's healthy. I think that sometimes I think sometimes people like me get too much or lean too much on that success career wise to get that feeling of accomplishment and not enough on everything else in my life. So I, I completely respect that gentleman and, and where he's coming from. Yeah. So then we're not cutting down being a cog. No, no, it's just, everybody's a different part and everybody has, you know, different levels of uh, motivation. I mean, I think, you know, I said cog derogatory, but I didn't necessarily mean it derogatory. Um, I honestly think that a lot of people that have reached the top to the point where the point where money is not a thing anymore, the point that you could buy anything you want. That's when the epiphany happens that money is not happiness and the shit that you can buy only lasts as long as the payment book does or you know, you buy a new McLaren and it's only cool until the fucking guys that you hang out with have whatever, something more expensive than a McLaren. I don't know. That's not my group of people, but yeah. you know what I mean? And I think that, I think that that's an amazing mindset that certain people that get to that level that all of a sudden have that, that eye opening, you know, Jesus son beating down on their face and they go, Oh fuck. And yeah. some of them, I think learn it early enough to actually invest the time. But I think a lot of them, learn it way too late and end up with damaged home lives and damaged children and damaged human relationships that they sacrificed all of those things. And, you know, maybe that's where the whole, the whole mythological story comes from with, you know, selling your soul to the devil. 
you know, is is that kind of overarching story plot line comes from that being a, you know, a, a trouble through the times. You know, I'm sure in 1400s, that was probably a thing where, you know, the guy was hustling too hard to try to sell grain and didn't pay attention to his family and finally became this, you know, giant merchant with all these people working under him. And then he figured out this yeah. isn't what makes me happy. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's exponentially grown over the 100 percent with the possibility yeah. is so much easier now to invest that time yeah. in the wrong things. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I'm divorced twice and. You know, I didn't have a, a lot of good clarity for a lot of years there. And I think I got sucked into that career. Yeah. And my issue, I think, was that drive. I focused way too much of my drive in my career and then let my my older three kids, you know, put them through the ringer, you know, a bit. So, yeah, we I, I really do. Like, I'm so lucky with the career that I have. And, and it's part of the reason that I'm still here and I and I haven't moved away and done something different is because I can, I come and go, you know, I, nobody, nobody ever needs to know where I'm at. If I go to a soccer game at noon on a Thursday, like nobody cares, nobody knows um, I'm successful and I get my shit done. And that's part of the reason, you know, with, with you know, discipline equals freedom, right? Jocko Willink. Yeah. And that, that's where that come, you know, that's where that idea comes from is it's a, it's a real thing. Like if you're disciplined and you get your shit done, nobody ever is like, Hey, where were you last week? Cause they know your shit's done. Right. So I'm lucky. I'm lucky in that, that with my career, I am able to do that. But thank God I do it now and not when my kids are 20 and I'm like, oh, I fuck them up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because then it takes twice as long to rebuild it. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, and, and for, you know, this affects the squared away. Uh, points that we've covered in previous podcasts is, you know, if your life is on the wrong path and a lot of people claim, hey, I don't have the energy to make a fitness program or, you know, to to be healthy or eat healthy. A lot of that is just a consequence of poor self-awareness. Um, that's why we're talking about it now. It really is a good foundation for people to, you know what, get squared away. And uh you know, ask yourself some questions. Are you conditioned to think what you're doing with your life? Or can, are you really sitting down and looking at yourself in the mirror and providing some clarity of where you're really at? Um, throw away all those successes, all those awards and everything else. And just look at yourself. Um, let's see. A platform of self-awareness that leads to renewed purpose in life uh, will require you to take care of your body. Um, in, in a way that, I mean, I think we look, agree the same way is, is how can we take this thing that we have and maximize it? You know, uh, it's not just about getting big muscles anymore. It's not, you know, 20 Speak years old. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, Speak really? for yourself, sir. <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. But it's, it's about staying healthy right now. Uh, for me, it is, I'm, you know, one step from 50 here and, you know, I'm learning. I'm still learning every day as to, okay, this is what I like feeling like. Okay. I'll try this, but you know, I really don't like feeling like this. Like, you know, we talked last night and I was like, Oh shit. I don't, I don't like being so light. I like having, you know, a little more girth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just adjust, making little adjustments in the diet right now, you know, has, has been pretty quick feeling. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Yeah. And, as we sit here and talk about this, you know, we text back and forth and you were like self-awareness. And I'm like, all right, like I, I can riff on self-awareness, you know, but as I, as we sit here and talk about it and I kind of see it from the 10,000 foot view, realistically being squared away is about self-awareness. It, it is, you have to be practicing self-awareness to be hitting the four corners of being squared away. It, it, it's one in the same, really. Yeah, Exactly. Totally agree. And um, and we can't do it alone. And I know we talked about this in, in the early podcasts is, you know, the most important thing, you know, and I'm drawing from, you know, the Navy SEALs, uh, the Green Berets, uh, the Rangers. The biggest thing to have is team. And I think people need to understand the team concept is, I think we brought it up last week too, is not having 
not having people around that are just an echo chamber. Um, it's, we talked about it before too. It's really tough when you have kids, when you have a schedule with kids, when you have work and things that you got to get done to always constantly be on task and, you know, keeping up with, uh, with your friends or quote, your team, your circle, but you have to maintain that. Have you ever heard the quote, you are the average or the sum of the five closest people around you? Yeah, you're the average of the five You're the average people. of the five yep. closest people. And I like to I like to change that a little bit because I think that with media and cell phones and audiobooks and paper books and everything that we have, I think that it it's evolving a little bit. And I really do think that it's we are the average of the five most influential things in our day. Because I don't have access, nor do I have the time for five, you know, super ass kicking friends that I can, you know, spend a half an hour with every day. But I do have four or five hours in the car every single day where I can listen to audiobooks, where I can listen to podcasts. And I think that that's where podcasts like Joe Rogan and stuff like that has become so popular because they don't people don't have the time to have somebody like that in their life, nor do they have access to people like Joe or like you or like us, but they do have access via the internet. And I think that that the internet's a hammer, right? Like you can hit yourself in the dick with it, or you can build a house with it. And that I think what it is, it's, it's a tool. And if you're using that tool intelligently, you can better yourself exponentially quicker and farther than you ever could in the past, but you also can damage yourself exponentially faster than you ever could in the past. And I think that that's something that people aren't necessarily thinking of when they're spending hours and hours and hours a day on their device, not doing anything functional. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a perfect point. It's, it's part of being squared away is you're feeding yourself and you're actively exercising. I mean, that's a lot of mental and emotional, um, positivity right there. A lot of benefits there. Um, you know, for me, I still, you know, I had to deal with a lot of things uh, mentally coming back from overseas and, you know, I really needed to have that group. Yeah. I can't um, imagine. Of just, you know, like-minded people that support you, not people that always just agree or just, you know, say, Oh, I, I understand. I feel bad. You know, you don't need anybody to stroke the back of your head. It's just, uh, People that can can relate. Relate, I think, is the biggest. I think that's the most important thing that you've said right there is relate. And I think that that's where, um, what is it called when you got like an older person that you look up to? Mentorship. A mentorship, right? And I think that's where mentors come in so handy is um, it's people that you can relate to, but people who have been through what you're going through and they can say, hey, you know. I went through that. This is the lessons I learned. You're never going to, you're going to have to make a lot of your own mistakes. Like nobody, nobody ever learns from everybody else's mistakes, but man, maybe if they can lean you in the right direction. And I think that that's where your team, especially coming back from something so dramatic as, as a tour is, is huge because those guys, a lot of them have gone through that already. Yeah. And even the, the local guys I meet with, I meet with, uh, um, some lo- local first responders on Monday mornings for about an hour and our first responders, active duty, uh, some veterans. And, you know, we get together and just basically, it's, you know, check on how we're doing, um, go through maybe a lesson or two, but just, you know, keep each other on up and up uh, because yeah, it's, a, it's a community that's been hit real hard with suicide. And I know. Uh, there's been a recent where there's uh, been a chief that committed suicide and there was no signs at all that this guy would. I mean, he had a family. He was uh, good at what he, he's done. Had no, there's there's nothing that would have gave anybody a tip that he would have done that. So uh, whether it's a mental health issue, you know, we don't know. Uh, some of the guys said, well, maybe we should have, you know, well, I should have called him. Or I should have called when I thought about calling, but I didn't. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that, that makes, makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to know that there's somebody there, you know, even, even if this time you call next time you call the third time you call it, nothing really comes of it. Maybe that fourth time something does come of it. Or maybe since you, because you're in the top of their brain, right? Like you, you've called 
every few weeks for the last few months. Maybe when they do get to that point, they're like, fuck, I got, I got nothing left. Wait, I have Martin. I'm going to yeah. call him, you know? Yeah, because the worst part about dealing with PTSD is uh, the middle of the night when you're just laying in bed and there's no noise. And, you know, if you're, you know, there's, you don't have a wife next to you, or if you're just laying in bed in your room, your kids aren't home or something, all of a sudden your mind starts going. And there's a point where sometimes it may not shut off and it could drive you crazy. Yeah. Because there's a lot of snapshots at a lot of these guys. And I know, uh, you know, fire departments are struggling right now with that because you have a lot of young volunteers coming in and they have not seen a lot of that stuff. And the first child that, you know, they see that passes, it hits them hard. I uh, yeah. law enforcement too. And uh, yeah, at that point, you you have to have a team that you know at two in the morning, you're going to pick up that phone and you got to call and talk to somebody because if you don't, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Have you seen any of the research with MDMA and um, therapy for PTSD? I don't, I don't believe so. So um, MDMA, which is ecstasy, street term ecstasy, um, does something with the brain that disconnects the part of your brain that takes responsibility and then it disconnects that from the rest of the brain. And through therapy with MDMA, they've been able to disconnect those neuron connections between blame and things that happened so that when you think of things that happen, you the, the blame on yourself is is lessened. So like, and these numbers won't be correct. Please don't hold me to them. But there's a scale of PTSD. Let's say it's zero to 150 and everything over 90 is considered PTSD. So let's say somebody has a scale is at is at a 125. A, a cocktail of drugs that they give you will drop at 10 to 15 points. And the minute that you stop taking the drugs, it goes right back to where it was with MDMA therapy. I believe it drops it somewhere between 30 and 40 points on the scale. And you're only taking those drugs when you're in the therapy. So it's not like you're always taking this stuff. So there is no drug to stop taking. And that 30 to 40, you know, this is really new research, but that 30 to 40 points has been maintained when they've gone back and checked with these guys months and months and months later. But this is like, this is all new research and it's with schedule one drugs. So there's only certain places that are able to do this type of research, but it's really promising. Huh? No, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's, I believe that our society is opening their mind a lot more to things like that. Whereas 30 years ago, if you said, I'm going to give you a hallucinogenic drug and then put you through therapy, like, what are you a hippie? You know, but realistically, oh, yeah, you know what else? It just hit me. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the guys have talked about it. Yeah. It's it. Um, the, the research is is astonishing right now. But another thing like addiction, Ibogaine, you take like they can give you Ibogaine and Ibogaine disconnects the addictive part of your brain. So th- there should be Ibogaine clinics everywhere in the United States, which is hmm. much of a heroin epidemic as we have. But because that's a schedule one substance, nobody is taking Ibogaine for fun. Ibogaine is a nasty drug from what I hear. Never tried it, but we still, we can't do anything with it because it's a schedule one drug. Well, yeah, I don't know a lot about that. I just, yeah. So anyways, that, that was with PTSD that, you know, but with, with the quieting of the brain, you know, meditation puts you in control of your thoughts. Hmm. I know CBD has been something that's been thrown around the community quite a bit. CBD Um, is interesting because CBD really what it does in the brain, I believe, is it just reduces inflammation, which inflammation does cause anxiety. And but it allows the guys to sleep is what's saying, because right now, if you go to the VA, they're literally giving you a Ziploc bag. I mean, it's basically an Adderall, whatever else, cocktail. Yeah. And it's just causing all kinds of problems. Yeah. That's interesting. That I, I haven't used CBD for sleep. I've used cbd thc for sleep and that works swimmingly um but i haven't used cbd i've taken cbd oil and and i think i guess i I feel calm you know it calms me yeah um you're calm what no yeah i'm 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 never actually calm no so i'm i'm like a i'm like a fucking i'm like a light switch i'm like on and it's like and then when i hit the sack i'm like it's hilarious Oh man. So 
I, I guess rolling back is, uh, you know what? You, you have to get the people around you that you need. And you have to establish who your, quote, team is. How do you suggest that somebody that's listening to this finds good people around them to 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 surround themselves with and builds those relationships? How I mean, how how would somebody that really doesn't have a lot of friends go about that? Uh, I mean, the first step is you have to be pretty self-aware. Once you have a pretty solid self-awareness, you know who you're going to have to surround yourself with. It's kind of like we talk about that shit filter. You're going to start filtering out the people that you run into from day to day. And if you live in a small town, then you know what? You have to use the internet to access, you know, groups of like-minded people. Because eventually you got to have those people that that text you or call you up that week and say, hey, are you squared away? It's just like, you know, leaving on deployment, you know, somebody comes up and say, hey, is everything squared away? So you really need that in your life, but you have to be self-aware to understand who's it going to be. It can't be the guy you maybe went to high school with all your life and then sit at a bar every Friday and Saturday and drink. I mean, that's you're right. That's not positive. That's right. What it is. And and I don't have I don't have a lot of close friends. I've got a very tight group of a few people, and then I've got a lot of acquaintances. And that's something that I like. That's something that I think about once in a while. Like I don't have. A ton of people that I talk to every day, you know, maybe it's the beard, the beard. Is that what it yeah, is? looks like a Yeti's asshole. Yeah. Well, it's a good looking beard. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. It is, it is more trimmed. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. But I think family in certain situations, you know, brothers, sisters, cousins, stuff like that, because you know each other, you know each other in and out. Um, now you can't expect your, you know, super pretentious cousin that is a fuck up to become your best friend, but that's an avenue to, to, to look into. Um, but, are, you know, are they going to challenge you? What? If, if it's a brother, are they going to, you know, challenge you? Hey, yeah. you squared away. Yeah. Some will, some won't. Right. You know, and it's, it's taking that shit filter and figuring out, okay, who do I need to be on that team? Who, who do I subscribe myself as, as close friends? Yeah. Um, you know, one, one of the guys, it's not every guy that, you know, I've been overseas with is, is who I consider team. It's just uh, different people, different thoughts from different, you know, different lives. You know, some first responders, some vets, some never been in. Um, yeah, like I got a friend that's a two-time Ironman that asked, uh, asked a question. Uh, Eric Miller's his name, so we'll have him on sometime. Yeah. Um, the last time I watched him do the Ironman here in Madison, I... Uh, he had done it with a uh, an injured back. Wow, which was uh, brutal. I I can't but, even. I ran, the longest I've ever ran was like eleven or twelve miles, and after mile three, I bet every ten seconds I was like, "This is this is so stupid. This yeah. is so stupid. Why am I doing this? I can't imagine doing that for was it twenty six miles, and then we swim for five, two, two three, miles. two miles. So yeah. a two mile swim, I'd die right there. If I'm running three miles, there better be something like a hot meal at the end of there. But there better be a hot something, and the meal is not what I'm thinking if I'm running further than <laughs> yeah. three miles. But um, you know, he's a guy that always checks in and say, hey, you know, how's it going? You squared away. So, and I know he listens to our podcast, but he did uh he did bring up a question here, and I think that this leads to okay, looking at becoming self aware. Is he said, do you think you can teach motivation? Or is it purely inherent? I think that motivation is a tough word because I think that a lot of people use the word motivation with a ton of different definitions. Um, I think that you can teach people where to find inspiration. And I think inspiration drives motivation. So in theory, you could teach people, you could, you could supply the, what would you call it? You can supply the raw ingredients. You can supply the raw ingredients for people that they can mix together and make motivation. But I don't necessarily know that motivation is even really a thing. I honestly think that motivation is something that we talked about in one of the, oh, we never posted this podcast. Never mind. I was going to bring up something from one of our <laughs> test podcasts. That's not going to work. Um, Sam Harris, who is a 
neurochemistress, neurobiologist, something, um, has studied um, drive. And there's no real place in the brain for that to come from. So his theory, which I sign on to, is that it is a amalgam or a, or a meld or a, or a soup made of all of your previous experiences, your most recent experiences being closer into the forefront of your brain. So if you are, this comes, brings it right back to those average of the five closest people around you. If you are surrounding yourself with the type of inspirational bad motherfuckers, then they might not be teaching you motivation, but I think that you are going to draw motivation from them because you no longer think of yourself as a two or a three because you see these sevens or eights or nines every fucking day getting up and getting after it. And then that might drive you like, hey, if these fucking guys are doing it, I can do it. I'm a five. I'm going to put in a five effort today. You went from a three to a five, right? And when you're a, when you're a five effort and you got yourself surrounded with a bunch of fucking tens, a bunch of big badass motherfuckers that are just killing it, then maybe you're a seven and you're just going to you're going to slowly improve to the to the level of the company that you keep. And I think that's where motivation comes from, because and, and this comes from somebody who was not motivated, somebody who was always the fun, funny, fat kid that then started listening to Joe Rogan and and one of the most influential people in me getting my shit together was a guy named Dave Atkins, who Dave was around at the beginning of CrossFit when there was no real CrossFit. You had to log on to the website to see what the CrossFit workout was of the day. There was no boxes anywhere. And Dave would send me the CrossFit workout. And then that first time I did that Murph workout and wanted to fucking die. And then that that inspired me and motivated me. And then I learned that I could do more and I became more personally responsible and more inspired myself and then turned into the person that I am today, you know, 10, 15 years later. So that comes from someone who has, I guess, learned motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Motivation's a tough one. I, I mean, I don't think it's being, it's able to be taught. I don't agree with teaching motivation. I don't like going to motivational speakers. That's probably why I don't like uh, one of those shams. Where they sell shit and then they just motivate you to sell that shit. So yeah. oh, pyramid schemes. Yeah, they have like uh, you know monthly national yeah. meetings or pep rallies. I just yeah. call them just so yeah, they, they keep like selling pep shit. So yeah, I think motiva- motivation sucks. Um, I'm gonna go back to what you focused on last podcast uh, about habits. Okay, I'm on the Jocko train where it's yeah, discipline is a habit, right? Yeah. So. You know, from there, that's that's what creates action. I think a lot of people depend on motivation to get action. And there's nothing that I hate hearing most. If I'm at the gym and somebody that needs to figure out a way to motivate themselves every single fucking day and just to go and work out, like, really? You know, I like I like the yelling lightweight. You ever heard anybody do that? I've never heard anybody do that. And then I heard somebody one day and apparently it's a thing. You yell lightweight to convince yourself that the weight is lighter. Yeah. Like you yell it out. Yeah. Out loud. You saw this. Yes. Yeah, saw it at our gym. Yep. It happened. Wow. And I was like, this, what is this? And I looked it up. Real thing. Are you serious? Yeah. Does it, Google it. I mean, not right now because I'll hear your keyboard on the microphone, but <laughs> Google it when we're done here. It's a thing. Yell at yourself that it's lightweight. Yeah, buddy. Wow. Okay. I mean, I was in last night and there was, you know, a couple of high schoolers like slapping themselves. Yeah. Before putting up, I think it was like 185 or something. <laughs> curls, like, right? 185 curls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> curls off the chest. Yeah. And I was like, is, is this a technique or something? I mean, it was like beating each other up before the set. So I mean, I, I, so there there is something to adrenaline, right? But like, does that spike adrenaline? I don't know if it does. 
But so there, but there is a thing to adrenaline. I mean, there's a reason that, that, you know, people in car accidents or people that come up to car accidents can lift cars up off to get people out because adrenaline is an amazing thing. So if that spikes a little bit of adrenaline, maybe it does. But the, the canned answer to the motivation question is that motivation is bullshit and it comes down to discipline. That is the canned answer. Now that's the David Goggins answer. That's the Jocko answer. And I agree with that to an extent because there are times where I am at the end of my interest in doing a fucking workout and some motivation, some David Goggins on my YouTube helps a ton. Maybe I'm a bitch because I need that. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm lacking because I don't have the fucking, I don't have that, that necessarily dig deep down in without something in my head, but it helps. Yeah. No, I, Man, I can't say that I get motivated because if I was motivated to, let's say, hit the gym, I'd probably be in there 50% of the time. So it just, it becomes a discipline and I know I have to go. So whether it's a Sunday afternoon and I don't feel like doing legs, but you know what? I'm going to go because logically when I leave, I'm not going to regret it. And if it sucks, then either I got to make it up, you know, later during the week or I just got to kick my own ass while well, I'm doing it. So. And it's the days that you don't want to do it that count the most, right? Yeah. Because like, if you if you only want the days you want, you wanted, then oh, yeah. you'd only be there, like you said, half the time. There's, there's a fine line for, for quitting. Yeah. There's a real fine line there. So it comes to, and I hate going back to lifting, but it, it's a bench press. Yeah. If I took weight off the uh, the bar, or not off the bar, if I took weight off the, the rack and started benching it, if I get it down to the, the lower end, the box, and and also tell myself I can't get it up, guess what? I'm, my body's going to tell it I'm not going to get that up. Yeah. So at some point, there's just, I got to get in there. Okay, I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to get this up. And, and I think I think that you and I are you and I come from a, from a spot where we've we've filled our bucket right like our 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 bucket of motivation our bucket of inspiration our buck our our habit bucket is is completely full we've we've gotten to the point where we're like fuck I don't want to go and we've gone and then that becomes a new thing because we go we're the, we're the guy that goes we're the guy that gets up in the morning we fucking go and then that's become us we're we're years we're you know decades for some of us here past that. For the person that is just trying to build that, I think that's where the motivation and that's where the inspiration does help because that morning that they wake up at four and they don't hit the snooze button on the alarm and they actually get up or the day when they're about to leave work because they fucking are just sick of being there. But they're like, shit, I got that one other thing I got to do. That's where the that's where the the motivation and the inspiration. All right, I'm going to get this shit done. And then you slowly over time. It's just it's a rep. It's a rep, right? It's a rep, whether it's a curl or walking back in and doing the thing right or getting your ass out of bed in the morning and not hitting the fucking snooze or putting the ice cream down. It's a rep. And the more times you do a rep the better you are at it. And you become that person. You become that woman or that man that does that fucking thing. And then years down the road, you're just that guy. And I think that that's where the, the, it's, it's in the early stages. The, the, the ice is so thin that it could break and you could fall right through, but you're, you put a little bit more glaze on that ice and you put a little bit more on that ice and you put a little bit more on that ice. And I think that, that people like David Goggins and Jocko Willink and, and, Hopefully you and I and everybody else that's in that that group of inspiration, that that group of five people that you spend your time with during the day, whether it's in your ear or they're sitting next to you. That then turns into that little that little push, that little tiny baby push that you need to put your leg out of the covers and put it on the ground and turn the fucking alarm off and get up. That's right. I think when even when things suck, you know, I tell people that what I've learned is uh, every day, tell myself, you got to kill something every day, even if it's a fly. You can't say kill today. We're past saying kill. I'm just kidding. You can say kill all you want. Yeah. So uh, my advice is, you know what? Just tell yourself, I got to kill something every day. Get in that gym, kill something or drop out of your bed and throw a hundred pushups in. I don't care. Kill something. hundred pull-ups. Just do something or to build open a habit. book, open a yeah. book, read, 
read a chapter, read a fucking page, open a book, read a page, put the book down, leave it out. Like we talked about habits last week, leave it out so you can see it. And then tomorrow read another page. Yeah. You know, call, call your, call your boss and ask for, ask for another responsibility. Or if you're self-employed, put in the extra work to do that next project. Perfect. Yeah. Make that extra sales call. Make that extra sales. Make a sales call. Fuck, man. Yeah, for some people, yeah. For some people, it, it, I mean, and and I talk to a, a lot of people in the sales industry. It just seems like a personality that that I get along well with. And salespeople that don't work is like a fucking epidemic. Yeah, salespeople that don't want to make a sales call. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you if you're not selling? Right. I don't know how you're selling. I don't know if we've gotten into this email world and e-blast world that oh. they're just hoping that is this passive communication is going to, you know, build sales. I don't know. I'm not a sales guy. I'm an ops guy. Yeah. But I get thrusted into sales. I am a sales guy. And selling over email or over text sucks. Because if somebody's like, oh, yeah, okay, so what's the price on this? Or And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to text it out like, Okay, but if you buy this, you could get this deal. But if you do this many more, you could do, just call me. Yeah. Or, hey, how about I stop in? I'll wear my mask and say six feet away. Yeah. And my dad always said, I'm much more dynamic in person. Yeah, but people don't want to, you know, communicate anymore. we got these little communicators. We just shoot a text out. And so that my daughter didn't get a phone until she was 16. And that was the reason, because she was going to learn to communicate with people before she had that that easy way out because kids at eight, nine, they don't have to communicate with people. They got the little box in their phone, in their pocket yeah, all the time. And it's amazing from, well, so I guess she was 15 and a half because she had a job, but she couldn't drive yet. So it's amazing from 15 and a half to 16 and a half, how addicted she became in, you know, 12, 18 months. Yeah. But anyways, that that was a thing like we wanted her to be able to communicate, because if you have a work ethic and you can communicate, you're going to be light years ahead of the, oh, yeah. of your peers. Yeah. Uh, what did Goggins say? One day? It doesn't take much to be an overachiever nowadays. Right. Not at all. Just takes a little bit. And And so I have this I have this weird thing where like because of the type of people that I listen to and the type of people that follow the type, the type of books. And I was talking to this the other day. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm done being fucking average. Like. Cause I'm, I'm lean bulking now. Right. So I'm clean bulking. Like I'm putting some fucking muscle on and, uh, trying not to put any fat on. Cause I did just cut and I feel good, but she's like, who look around. She's like, are you average? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not talking about these people. I'm not talking yeah. about everybody in our fucking neighborhood. I'm not talking about everybody that I see every day. I'm talking about, I want to be elite amongst fucking elite. Like that's where I want to be. Yeah, you don't want to be the big fish in a little pond. No, no. I want to be in a pond of people who I look and go, holy shit. Yeah. Why do you think I don't want to see any other Asians in the gym? Uh, <laughs> I'm just last, kidding. Last night we were talking Sorry. about last time, last night we were talking <laughs> about mirrors because they moved some stuff around in our gym. And Martin goes, I don't like mirrors because I want to be the only Asian in the gym. And when I see a mirror, I see another Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brothers and sisters. I didn't mean it like that, but. No, I don't like looking at myself lifting. Then, uh, usually I fuck it up then. Oh, I fuck up my squats. It's because you're too busy looking in your beautiful eyes. Looking at my ass, watching it How do you down. do that? Dude, I would tear my neck apart <laughs> trying know. to look at my own ass. Uh, it's probably like I wrench my neck, you know, doing right? that shit. So I haven't had that, a way that's the That's the girls with the phone. The girls with the phone leaning on their water bottle while they're doing their squats in the gym. That's oh, an epidemic now. You, you were in Chicago, right? In the, one of the gyms in Chicago, they all have like tripods now. Oh, I haven't seen that. No. Oh, you haven't seen? I thought that was you telling me about it. No, it wasn't me. Oh, fuck. Somebody was telling me about it. They were working out in a gym in Chicago and they were like, they're like, everybody, everybody's got like these little like, like clingy tripods and they oh, all. Uh, yeah, little spiders. Yeah. Yeah. And they all fucking. Oh, it was Wes. That's who it was. It was Wes was telling me about it. He's like, yeah, everybody tapes themselves doing workouts so they can post it. Yeah. Well, those dudes that were uh, slapping each other last yeah, night yeah. had a uh, camera set up against other equipment. See? They were taping themselves do it because it was, the, the fucking phone camera was laying against a plate that I needed. Ah. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to like wait for these guys to get done so I can I would have just grabbed it. 
I would have just fucking grabbed it. I'm uh, going to use this because you're not. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Shit. Uh, well, I think that I think that self-awareness realistically is the is the overarching goal of being squared away. Right. Right. If you can get, you know, self-aware every day, it'll help you to square away every corner that we've discussed. And I think it really ties into this, you know, this motivation question that we have is, I mean, once you're squared away, you're not going to be, you're not going to need to be motivated for action. Once you're squared away, you're going to have a, you know, not everybody's hundred percent, nobody's ever hundred percent squared away. But once you get into that practice, you're going to be more disciplined than somebody that needs motivation to do something every day. Yeah. I, I fuck up some, I, I kill something every day and I fuck up 10 things every day. Yeah. Like don't, don't ever th- like, don't ever think that anyone around you is perfect. And yeah. the people that are portraying perfect are way less perfect than you are. Yeah. And I think uh, you hit an important point. There's is people have to realize you have to fuck up a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about, I, I honestly have to admit, I probably fucked up 90% of things in my life that I, I learned from. And if I didn't do that, I'd probably be sitting in a fucking chair in front of my garage looking at the cars drive by all day. Old Japanese proverb, fall eight, get up nine. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's like we just talked about before. That's the rep. Fuck up, get up, fuck up, get up, fuck yeah. up, get up. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey. I got it. Yeah. And somebody gave me, uh, I know we talked about before uh, the Teddy Roosevelt of uh, quote that talks about, you know, the, the man that gets in the arena. Yep. You know what? You're going to fall down. You're going to get bloody, but you know what? You, you never going to feel that victory unless you tried. Yep. And tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and, you know, had success. So um, something you got to live by. And give me, give me somebody, first of all, Give me somebody that's tried and failed because at least they have some character. Somebody right. that's nobody, somebody that's never even tried has never built the character that comes out of failure. Yeah. I mean, failure breeds humility if you learn. Yes. And it resets yourself and gives you more self-awareness of what your current limits are. Yeah. And how to get to that next step. But if you never fail, and I know people that, you know, won't try anything just because the minute they know that, oh, I'm not going to get this right away, or I'm not going to get it now, or don't even think they'll ever get it, they'll never try it. And that comes back to the, you know, I think this was in the real podcast, not one of the tests, but the growth mindset over the fixed mindset. You know, if you, if you are, if you have a growth mindset and you understand that anything can be learned, you're a lot more apt to try and fail and failure. Like you said, there's that L in the win loss column doesn't stand for loss. It stands for learn. Right. And I, I think that that's a, that's a huge thing is, is getting and learning that, that growth mindset yeah. so that you are, you are able to fail without the negative mental impact that comes from failure. If you are a fixed mindset person. Yeah. Yeah. Learn not to, uh, live uncomfortability. I mean, we live in a society now that people spend a ton of energy trying to build comfort. Oh my God. I, so, um, the urban savage Instagram page is basically turned into the post about the podcast Instagram page. Um, but for years and years and years, it was a page that I regularly, sometimes multiple times a day would post on. And whenever I would post anything about like comfort and getting rid of comfort and comfort being a slow death, the trolls that would come out like comfort is what I'm working for. I'm working for comfort. And it's like, I don't self speaking of self-awareness. Those fucking people need to become self-aware. Cause you know what happens the minute that you become comfortable, you fucking right. die. Yeah. There Just is no slow, comfort. Yeah. Comfort is comfort is a vacation. And I don't mean a vacation like going to Cabo. I mean a vacation like you earn your comfort and your comfort is your relaxation, your recharge. But then you go right back to it. Yeah. And that's people have a hard time because. I guess maybe maybe they have a lack of a goal. 
Is it that they have a they have a lack of they have a lack of insight as to what fills their bucket? So they think that if they're always working for that comfort, then they're working for some over, you know, giant goal at the end, some giant, you know, bucket of gold at the end of the rainbow that really never comes. I think it's uh it's the complete opposite of what we talk about with squared away. These are people that have made a choice to be spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally lazy. Because why? Because it takes work. So it's just a complete opposite of growth mindset. It's a lazy mindset. But they want to do that because it's easy. Um, it's uh, I, I talk to people, usually when you look at your life, you take a, a tape measure. So, you know, what's a lifespan? 70, 80, 90 years? Yeah. So you got 80, 90 inches there. And I always say, okay, how old are you? And then if they say, like for me, it's, you know, 49, boom, at 49 inches. Well, I have this much left of my life. This much is already passed. This is in the rearview mirror. Well, this is the runway that I got left. So with the 40, 30 years that I got left, you know, am I spending time trying to make a big chunk of that for myself comfortable? Or am I challenging myself to do other things or like we talked about to keep my mind sharp, to keep that knife sharp? Uh, You know, that's what everybody has to look at. But a lot of people spend most of their life and most of their career trying to make the balance of this tape measure just to be comfortable. And there's usually a band called, uh, I think, Corrosion of Conformity. But I look at it as, you know, it's a corrosion of comfortability. You know, is that what you want to do is to work hard all your life to make yourself a vegetable? That's a good point. I think so. I just came up with this. I came up with this thing in my head and I think I've I think I posted on this before. But if you're if you're just listening to this and you're having you're having maybe an epiphany or you're or maybe you're even arguing in your head with us about comfortability, because that's what you've always worked for. I have I have a mind experiment here for you. So close your eyes. Okay, and we've got two mountains, two mountains right next to each other. They're big, tall ass mountains. They're not like going to kill you mountains, but they're hard to climb mountains, maybe like a full day climb. And you're going to have to do like some some roping and it's going to be work. Right. Okay. so we take ourselves and we're sitting at the bottom of the mountain and we get in a helicopter and that helicopter flies us up to the top of the mountain. And we step out of that helicopter and we look around. Now, that feeling in your, you just got out of a helicopter. It took you 10 minutes to get to the top of a mountain. Now look around and feel all of those feelings in your heart, in your head and in your heart. There's not really much there. It's a beautiful view, but there's not really much there. Now we're back at the bottom of the mountain. Now this is mountain two and this mountain we have to actually climb. This is going to be 12 hours of some of the most exerting physical effort that we've had to put in. Maybe we almost die. We're trying. We skin ourselves up. Maybe we rip some clothes. We're fucking out of breath. And we get to the top and we drop to our knees. And tears come into our eyes. And we're like, fuck, I did it. And you look around. That's the difference between comfortable and achievement. And that's what people are missing by always looking for comfort. They're going to get to the top of that mountain. They're going to be on their fucking deathbed and they're going to go, oh, well, I watched a lot of TV, drank a lot of Miller Lite. Yeah. And and that's the legacy that you leave for everybody that comes behind you. Yeah. Is that what they want to remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I ah, fuck, I don't even remember who said it, but there, you die twice. Do you know that? You die twice. The first time you die is the day that you take your last breath. The second time you die is the last time anyone ever mentions your name. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, as a legacy uh, statement. Yeah. Right. Like that one. That one yeah. hits. Like whoo. Yeah. Fuck. Well, we've solved all the world's problems today in 56 <laughs> minutes. Hopefully we answered the question. I gave my opinion. It's just an opinion. Um, 
Yeah, we'll have Erica on sometime and uh, we can uh, talk about the same question, too. Yeah, we're finally getting the audio quality down. So let's add another microphone and really fuck it up. Make it really hard <laughs> to do. Um, but no, yeah, we're, we're key. I, I like this deep dive format. Um, we didn't even get to talk about gun control. No, fuck gun control. <laughs> Hide your pistol braces, bury them in the ground. If you got a bunch of 80% lowers, put them in a 55 gallon bucket with some silica sand and bury them in your backyard. I just lost all my pistol braces. We had a boating accident last weekend and I had all my pistol braces with me and they fell off the fucking boat and now they're out in Lake Mendota somewhere. So I'm, I, I'm sad. I really am. Um, but other than that, man, I, I think that we, I think this is a good one. I think we covered a lot. Yeah. You good? I agree. All good. All right. Man. We're Have out. Good week.